Hello, Ecan Nation, and welcome to This Week in Carding. It is episode number 65. Today is June 5th, 2023. I'm David Cole, joined by Nate Dean, as we are going to bring to you the major news that has hit the Ecan homepage over the past weeks. Again, our podcast is perfect for listening to work on the way home from work, when you're sitting in the garage, working on the cart, heading to the racetrack, or heading home from the racetrack anytime. Working out even, you know, it's summertime, people are doing walks. It's a great time to get outside and, and get some exercise and have some good times. So again, any of our ECAN Radio Network podcasts are great to listen to for that, including This Week in Carding, which is today brought to you by Factory Carts. Made in the USA, it's not just a statement, it's the mission at Factory Carts of America. Led by four-time Super Nationals champion Billy Musgrave, Factory Carts manufactures their frames completely in-house at the Riverside, California facility. Built and designed from the ground up specifically for the American karting market, factory cart carts bring new innovations and solutions that are long overdue. No other karting manufacturer stands behind its product as factory carts does, providing a two-year warranty on all their frames. Learn more by visiting factorycarts.com or email Billy anytime at info at factorycarts.com. So, Nate, we took last week off. Well, not a lot of action uh, happening last weekend as we uh, finished up the Memorial weekend and had kind of a four day weekend or four day work week for all of us. Uh, so not much happened uh, on the carding side of things. So we delayed our episode uh, a week. Uh, and now we're getting into really not a lot of news. So more just kind of a review of some of the races that we've had over the past couple of weeks or weeks uh, or last week or, you know, just things were kind of just kind of spitballing uh, talking about. Again, we're bringing back our where are you carting again as well, too. So we'll talk more about that towards the end of the show. Nate, what um, you were at uh, Memorial Weekend, you were at uh, Stockholm, were you not? Yeah, it was had you, we haven't run uh, on the Memorial Day weekend, but with all the different regional series going on, we kind of got forced into that time that uh, weekend, but still a good turnout there. Was it was it the opening weekend or was it second round of the season? That was the second weekend of the season. Yeah, so people are still anxious, you know, the club racers are anxious to get to get to the cart track and and I'm sure, uh, you know, anytime you're at the racetrack Memorial weekend, it, it feels, I think it feels good. It's, it's exciting. I don't, I, I think it's been a while. I don't think I've done that ever actually, to be honest, because normally we do uh, family barbecues and stuff like that. So I don't recall ever going to a, an actual carding, maybe Saturday, but not the actual Sunday of Memorial weekend. So, uh, that's typically reserved for obviously the Indy 500, which <laughs> was, uh, a bit interesting this year, would you say? I mean, well, let's just get get into that a little bit real quick before we get into some of the carding news. Uh, to see um, Joseph Newgarden winning his first ever, it's it's just kind of crazy to to see you know that skinny kid. I remember that. I mean, he used to be as about as skinny as you are, Nate. I mean, that that's no lie. Uh, he was a tiny guy. He was now he's as you know they're making calling him King Kong now. I think it was Takuma Sato calling him King <laughs> Kong. Uh, at the awards banquet, but it's just crazy to see a, a guy, you know, again, kid go grow up and, and now become an Indy 500 champion. What, uh, what did you think of the race overall? Yeah, it was a good one. It wasn't an all time classic, but it was one of those that Indy always delivers. And like you said, it's cool for an American to win that and one who 
I think a few of us have seen, not me obviously, but come through the ranks in the early 2000s and carding, especially when he's done so much at Newcastle down the road. So that's really cool for the Indiana contingent. Yeah, that that's where he got started. You know, Newcastle Motorsports Park. And he came up from Tennessee to race at Newcastle, got to be friends with the Dismore family, you know, racing there and the KRA program, you know, no different, you know, grew up with Connor Daly. You know, those two have come up the ranks together. So a bit, you know, two different stories uh, when you look at coming up from Newcastle, you know, obviously Connor family involved in motorsports and then Joseph not and just the different paths and directions they've gone. It's uh, pretty unique, but uh, I got to say overall, I think, I think the red flags are, are getting kind of ridiculous in, in my opinion. I'm more of a traditionalist and it, you know, I understand they want to see races finish under, under green flag conditions, but it's kind of like, you know, the, the NASCAR thing it's, it's kind of annoying to see them go 20, 30 laps extra into a race that should have been over uh, because they continue to keep wrecking. And that's kind of what we saw in the last 15 laps of the Indy 500. I'm, I'm kind of against it. I know it cha- would have changed the way things finished up. But, you know, over the last few years, they've had a red flag, you know, kind of late in the race to end it. I'm, I'm just not a big fan of that. I'm more of a traditionalist. You're a different generation. What are kind of your thoughts on on red flags or no red flags at the Indianapolis 500? Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. It's hard, especially when it's one of those one off events where you do want that exciting, thrilling finish. But at the same time. In my view, the red flag shouldn't be used as an entertainment factor flag, just as a, hey, we need to do track mm-hmm. repairs or clean the track flag, how it should be, which I, I understand both sides of it. And I'm okay with whichever way IndyCar wants to lean with it, as long as they don't go too heavy on it throughout the rest of the season. But it wasn't too bad. It wasn't Australia 2023 for F1 bad, but it was still a really solid race. Yeah. Yeah. It's just to me. Yeah. It just kind of when they're wrecking coming to the green flag, that's when you're like, all right, guys, we're done. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. That's that's where I was like in that. And that was kind of a pivotal moment, too, because I think Ferrucci went from like third to first before he even got to the yard of bricks uh, on the restart as the wrecking behind him. And then I think Newgarden went back to third or something. I, I can't remember how it all played out, but I mean, that was a pivotal moment. And it just, it's just kind of crazy to see how they, they unfolded it. And again, you said it perfectly and it's, it's becoming more entertainment towards the end rather than an actual race. And that's kind of where, where I, you know, if we, what were we, if we were to do that to super nationals, throw a red flag with two laps to go just because yeah. what, what, I mean, the fireworks would go crazy. People would go crazy. Now it's happened. You know, we saw, I think it wasn't two laps to go, but I think with like 10 laps to go, uh, Kremers was leading the, the Super Nationals, I believe, 2019 at the Rio. Red flag came out for a vicious wreck that, uh, you know, they had to they had to clear, uh, clear the racetrack along with the driver was injured. So they had to throw the red flag. There wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, to, to save time or anything like what Indy 500 does um, and then lost the race, you know, ended up losing that race. Um, I, I think people in karting would go crazy if we, we, we did that multiple times in one race. Yeah. And I, I think we're a bit lucky on that sense is we don't have to really worry about the fanfare of that. And I don't really see <clears throat> carding any sort of karting organization do that, but as yet, right. 
as you see like the drive to survive effect more and more throughout not just f1 but all motorsport you might we might be seeing that a bit more well, and th- and that's just it because you know super nationals is the only type of uh, uh, temporary circuit where you might have a track blockage i mean essentially that's why they throw a red flag is because they have to do a cleanup and in order to do the cleanup quickly to get racing back under back going again they have to throw a red flag so it's no different than you know a track being blocked with two laps to go what you know what would happen if say you know x30 pro or x30 senior at the super nationals this year in vegas a red flag is thrown with two laps to go because of a, of a wreck you know it, it it's just now mind you guys who are fifth sixth seventh eighth are like yes this is amazing i have an opportunity now but you know those guys that are the guy that's leading is like this is insane i had you know could have had the race one etc cetera, etc cetera. but what if we were to continue throwing a red flag if they kept wrecking after that? Like that, it just, it doesn't seem natural to me. And again, like you said, it's more fabricated and, and more for viewing pleasure. So it just, I I had to say something. I haven't said anything on the record. I just thought it'd be cool to kind of talk about that. It just, I'm glad to see Joseph Newgarden win again. Exactly. You know, I love seeing him win, but I think the way the race played out, it just, as a racing purist, it just kind of irks me and uh, it just kind of, you know, kind of when you like eat, eat something and it just, you you thought it was going to taste good and it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. So that's just how I feel about that. So let's get into the karting. Um, this past weekend, actually, we saw a USA driver perform really well at the champions of the future event. Uh, Radobi karting ring in Denmark was the location. Actually, I think, all the uh, competitors have to take a ferry across uh, one of the uh, the waterways there to get to this racetrack just because of the island that it's on in Denmark. So quite a unique facility. I uh, just look at that on Google Maps. So <clears throat> a unique facility, really kind of big flowing racetrack. So uh, someone, we've seen, someone we've seen do well with that, uh, Vivek Canthan, a uh, United States driver who's been racing with Parallel uh, motorsport for at least three years now, I think, uh, who made his way up through the micro ranks here in the USA before going over and racing in Europe, uh, actually finishing second in the OK Junior category uh, for the third round of this championship. Uh, so Vivek Canthan finishing second behind Lewis Brewell of Great Britain aboard the Expree uh, with Zach Drummond, another Paralympic driver from the British, British uh, area, finishing in third. Uh, interesting note, Nate. All the OK Junior podium finishers on TM engines. We get into OK Senior. All of them are on IAMI. We'll, we'll go over who who was podium there. But that's kind of an interesting uh, statistic there. IAMI better in the OK category compared to TM in the OK Junior category. I wonder, you'd think we've seen the OKN engine doing really well over here with the TM maybe the okay junior category is very similar to that new OKN package that we do have here uh in the united states so interesting note to see that nate yeah and obviously we don't know a ton about the whys and hows of that but there are some you will see a good chunk of the time there will be certain engine manufacturers that just kind of understand the junior regulations just a bit more than some others and you'll see them start to do better so maybe tm i mean obviously tm have found something in those junior regs apart from the competitors there so like you said pretty interesting to see 
Yeah. So in the OK senior category, it was Gabriel Gomez for factory CRG uh, taking the victory ahead of Jamaican Alex Powell uh, aboard the Cart Republic. So Cart Republic actually going second and third with Keen Nakamura Berta. Uh, I believe he was a junior champion uh, last year or possibly two years ago. Uh, from Great Britain aboard a Cart Republic. So again, Miami one, two, three in the senior category. But uh, interesting to see how well the CRG is doing over there in Europe right now. Uh, I believe that's the KT2 ca- uh, chassis that they are uh, promoting over there. So very similar to what we see here uh, in the United States, doing very well with CRG Nordam. So uh, again, interesting stats to see uh, in international competition over in Europe. Uh, back here in the States, actually, it's summertime. Uh, my kids are done with school. I don't know what the school situation is in Minnesota. I'm sure it's probably wrapping up here either last week or this week. But uh, summertime for kids here in the United States and MPG Motorsports and Race Factory are hosting a summer camp this weekend. So if you have time, get a hold of MPG Motorsports and Race Factory. They will be hosting a, a two-day summer camp June 10th through 11th at the Whiteland Raceway Park in Whiteland, Indiana. Uh, it's, a, a again, going to cover racecraft drills, advanced driving techniques, physical and mental training, along with a sponsorship seminar. So things on the track and things off the racetrack for two days. Uh, we've seen a lot of teams do this, Nate, in the past. Nitro Kart had summer camps, did a, actually, you know, Brent Cruz and Connor Zillage and, and some of the uh, other, all the other drivers that have come up. Ben Mayer have all gone up through the uh, the team nitro camps that they had in the summertime mpg motorsports and race factory are kind of following that lead and hosting theirs uh in indiana it's it's actually a great way to again get more one-on-one training and, and kind of get away from the the hectic or the the schedule of a race weekend because you don't have a lot of time to really focus and fine-tune either yourself on or off the racetrack nate so a great uh, opportunity for anybody to take part with the MPG Motorsports and Race Factory. Yeah, and with a new surface being laid down at Whiteland and a new extension, obviously a great way to learn that track for anyone running the club races there or the CKNA, WK, and Route 66 races, which a lot of new series coming to Whiteland this year. So a really good opportunity from MPG Motorsports there. Yeah, and they could probably change up the racetrack throughout the day, you know, give you a short oh, yeah. course, give you a longer course, you know, talk about different drafting techniques or, you know, when a short track like the original Whiteland layout is, you know, it's kind of a bull ring. And so how to how to perform, uh, be better prepared to defend your your lead or or take it or try and get past somebody in very tough passing conditions. So a great opportunity there by MPG Motorsports and Race Factory. So with that, we'll head into our first commercial break. And after these messages, we'll have uh, kind of just uh, race recaps on a couple of races in Texas and California after these commercials. There is no other brand in karting more recognized across the globe than Rotax. Race Rotax is proud to provide the platform for Rotaxians to compete across the U.S., from the grassroots level all the way to the Rotax U.S. Trophy Final. The road to Bahrain began with the U.S. Trophy Series West program that took racers to the Phoenix Kart Racing Association facility and the Musselman Honda Circuit in Tucson. The U.S. Trophy Series East begins on June 16th to 18th at Pittsburgh International Race Complex and is followed 
by an event at the New Jersey Motorsports Park on August 11-13. The road to Bahrain continues with the Rotax US Trophy Final, scheduled for September 15th-17th at the famed Newcastle Motorsports Park in Newcastle, Indiana. Tickets to the 2023 Rotax Max Challenge Grand Finals in Bahrain on December 2nd and 9th will be presented that weekend, providing racers with the opportunity to compete at the Olympics of karting. Visit racerotax.com to learn more about each Trophy Series program and the Trophy Final event. Race Rotax, an experience like no other. It's a multi-time world champion, and it's a Supercarts USA Super Nationals winner. It is Sodicart. And starting in 2023, the Sodi brand has found a new home here in the U.S. Sodi Racing USA is the new exclusive importer of the Sodicart chassis line under the karting distribution banner, led by industry veteran Terry Germanovich. The French manufacturer Sodicart is a leader within the karting industry, offering a wide range of products and services. The Sodi Racing chassis line offers product in classes from Mini to KZ, all based on years of development and championship seasons around the world. Sodi Racing USA has already begun establishing its dealer network, working with the Karting Collective on the West Coast, and recently signing PK Sport to serve as a dealer and the official race team on the East Coast. Visit Sodi-Racing-USA.com to learn more about the Sodi Kart chassis line or call 954-634-5111 to become part of the Sodi Racing USA network today. Sodi Kart, the world leader in the karting industry. Are you a club racer looking for that next challenge? Or a driver searching for more racing? Look no further than the leading karting series in the Midwest. The Route 66 Sprint Series is focused on providing a fun, family atmosphere while also offering a perfect stepping stone for those at a club level looking to take their racing to the next level. With nine different classes, the Route 66 Sprint Series has racing for all ages, utilizing IAMI and Briggs and & Stratton engines, including the new for 2023 Championship Point Scoring Kid Card category. The four-event Route 66 Sprint Series calendar has stops at some of the Midwest finest karting facilities, kicking off the season at Newcastle Motorsports Park on May 19th through the 21st, with additional events at Road America in July, the newly renovated Whiteland Raceway Park in August, and the championship finale at Millwright Raceway, the home of Badger Kart Club in September. Whether you're trying to make the step up to regional racing or a seasoned pro of the sport, the Route 66 Sprint Series is right for you. For more information, go to Route66CartRacing.com and find us on social media at Route 66 Sprint Series. Welcome back to episode 65 of This Week in Karting. It is June 5th, 2023. I'm David Cole, joined by Nate Dean as we are bringing you some of the news and notes uh, surrounding the sport of karting over the past couple of weeks. Uh, we're getting into a couple of race reports that we've had up on the website, uh, including the Texas Sprint Racing Series hosting their Spring Roundup event at the North Texas Cartway, excuse me, in Denton, Texas. Uh, the three-day event was actually run under the lights, so they put the, uh, a lighter or later 
race schedule put together for the three days there. So a lot of the uh, the heat races on Saturday and the main events on Sunday were done under the lights. So, Nate, do you guys have lights at Stockholm? I'm not sure if you we, do or not. We don't. We have done okay. night races before, but just with the temporary lights, but we don't have permanent, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't. The only time I did a night race is when we had the machismo at in Las Vegas and uh, got to do laps there uh, at the Super Nationals in the rental carts with uh, with Cal Speed Karting. Uh, that was interesting, unique. I, I Other than that, I don't recall of having any other night racing that I've been able to do. So I got to do that. I got to check that like a real actual kart race. I mean, and mind you, machismo was a great event. But uh, we weren't all in because we were covering the uh, Super Nationals. And I only did like one stint, uh, but did get my name on the winning trophy. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so night racing is, again, a great thing to, you know, Texas, it gets really hot in the summertime. So they do a lot of uh, night events there. Um, some highlights on the weekend. Ross Smith and Brenna, Brennan Barsh uh, are the only two drivers to sweep on the weekend. Ross Smith in the 206 heavy category. Barsh in the Honda Kid Kart division. Alex Stanfield was a big winner in K100 Senior, taking on the uh, over 30 drivers in that category to be able to come back and win in his 2023 debut at the series uh, as a defending champion. He's been doing focusing a little bit more on car racing uh, this year. Jordan Musser added another win to uh, his open shifter schedule uh, this season. Uh, one of the interesting categories on the weekend, Nate, was the mini swift category that actually had rain come down a little bit of rain come down before the main event. And this is the part I love about rain racing. You don't know how, especially in Texas, you don't know how long that rain is going to last. Well, it was driver's choice. So some drivers took rain, some drivers chose slick tires or dry tires. And it ended up being a dry racetrack and Sawyer Chambers made the right move. I think he was the only driver on dry tires possibly because his lap times were about two seconds quicker towards the end of the race uh, <laughs> on that dry racetrack. So that and was able to go on and win his second race on the season. So, uh, I, Nate, I love that about uh, in when it is, you know, kind of the on off rain situation is the gamble that you can take and either picking rain tires or not picking rain tires. I, I, I love that part. Always go dry. Just always oh. be a hero and go dry. It's what I do. It works out. But it's it's <laughs> some of the funnest racing to watch, both as so a to watch just as a spectator, maybe mm-hmm. not as a parent because your heart's <laughs> in your neck and just beating quick. But just driving it too, and it's super super fun if you're on the dries to try and tiptoe those first couple of laps and uh-huh. gain that speed at the end, and then the rain guys to gap those guys as much as they can at the start it makes for a really dynamic race and it was really really fun to watch yeah I, that that part i love it's tougher when you are when a track is dry and you go with rain tires because you think it's going to rain within a lap or two of the main event and it doesn't rain and you're stuck out there on rain tires i can tell you from from experience that is not a fun thing because that happened to me at the grand nationals where at the last minute, everybody changed to dry tires because we all thought it was going to rain. It ended up not raining. I was out there on rain tires on a dry, dry racetrack. It was the first couple of laps were great because the track was just starting to dry up. But after that, it was uh, it, it was it gave me a unique perspective on how to drive uh, a cart on rain tires on a dry track. So uh, it's not fun. 
but uh, gave no. gave me some experience doing that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so that, that that I love that type that type of drama. Like you said, it's not very fun for the parents, but fun for those watching uh, and 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 cheering people on. So, uh, Justin Music, Morgan LeBrun, and Emmett Eldles, Tanner Barsh are among the uh, the first time winners in K100 Junior, K Master, 206 Cadet, and Micro Swift. Uh, so those are some of the highlights from the Texas Sprint Racing Series event. Their next event, the round three, will be heading up to the Amarillo Kart Complex on June 30th through the July 2nd in Panhandle, Texas. Uh, that we're, I'm actually working on an article talking about all the different uh, upgrades and new ownership that is taking part at the Amarillo Kart Complex. So we'll have more information about that uh, prior to uh, Texas Sprint Racing Series heading there. So excited to kind of talk more about this kind of gem hidden in the panhandle area of Texas uh, that is uh, is certainly looking to uh, make an impact on the sport for sure in the future. Uh, heading to California now in the IKF Northern California Sprint Cart Series. Um, they held their second event of the season this past weekend, or not this past weekend, Memorial Weekend, at the Buttonwillow Raceway Park in Buttonwillow, California. Uh, they had eight categories competing on the weekend uh, for their, again, second event of this new program that's happening. Nate, if you want to just kind of go through the top three in the eight different categories that we had. Yeah, so Miles Boutredge, I think, and 206 Junior one taking that, then Caden Williams and Aiden Go. Shifters, four carts there, Seth Huntley, Colby Romero, and Dan Laporta. 206 Masters, again, three carts there. Jesse Gwynn, Zach Sanburn, and Charles Burdoff. 206 Legends, 10 carts. Paul Boer, John Durden, and Frank Chavez. KA100 Senior, only one. That would be Jeff Rice for them. Uh, KA100 Junior, Alex Rantala. Rantala, yep. Rantala and then Bristol Bornman 206 junior two 11 carts there same as 206 junior one Wade Botridge taking the win there it looks like those brothers got mm-hmm. the double there and Nate yeah. in the second and then Derek Dimanja I believe in third Dimanja, and then yeah. 206 senior the biggest on the weekend 13 carts there David Vasquez taking the win over Cade oh gosh God Bahir and yeah, got Sophia, here. Yep. And then Sophia's story in third for the biggest <clears throat> class on the weekend. Yeah, Briggs is really kind of the the following for this program. Uh, you know, I thought we'd see more two two uh, two cycle entries, especially heading to Buttonwillow. Uh, but again, Memorial Weekend, kind of a tough time. Again, some people just not uh, not heading there uh, or wanting to go to the cart track and, and opting to, uh, to make it a family weekend somewhere else. So hopefully we'll see more numbers, uh, in that for that, uh, program at the next event. And I forgot to write that down on the script. Uh, so I'm pulling it up here. They'll head into, uh, Oregon, the, uh, the Medford, uh, facility on June 24th through the 25th. So, uh, uh, just two weeks away. So it's kind of a busy schedule for that program, but certainly one event per month. They're taking the month of August off before wrapping up in September, but uh, heading up. So it's kind of a good traveling program for those along the West Coast uh, to take part in, especially in the 206 categories, a very big uh, turnout there for those 
uh, four divisions. Yes, one, five, sorry, five divisions. Masters only getting three, but all the others double digits. So uh, excited to see hear more about that. And we'll hear more about that after their June 24th, 25th event. With that, we'll head into a quick commercial break and do a quick segment. Where are you carting this weekend? And uh, we'll have more on that after these commercials. Winning takes top quality equipment, flawless preparation, experienced coaching, and passion. And at Team GFC, we live our passion. Developed by American karting champion Gary Carlton, the GFC chassis has become one of the newest brands to reach the top of the podium in North America. GFC has garnered victories and championships at all levels of the sport since its debut at the end of 2018. Shipper car drivers are at the front of the field in the GT14 frame, with the SS31 a consistent contender in tag and 100cc competition. Team GFC has arrive and drive packages available for all categories, including the mini and micro classes utilizing the GFC RR5 cadet chassis. These young pilots have the opportunity to be part of the Team GFC Young Driver Development Program. Learn from one of the best American carters with 28 years racing at the highest levels of the sport, offering personalized training on and off the track. Follow GFC Karting on Facebook and Instagram or click over to gfccarting.com to learn more about joining Team GFC. GFC, live your passion. What's the fastest growing category in North American karting? That's easy, four cycle racing and the Briggs 206. And what series is taking Briggs competition to the next level? That's easy too, Cup Karts North America. CKNA is also expanding. And in 2022, they launched a new Canada division under the guidance and ownership of veteran industry member, Gerald Casely. After running a successful two weekend series last year, Cup Carts Canada is expanding to three weekends in 2023, and there is tremendous excitement and momentum. The opening race of the series is set for June 9th to the 11th at Carding Trois-Rivoir in Quebec, and the drivers and teams will then head to Ottawa and Lombardy Raceway on July 7 to 9. The season finale will invade the iconic Goodwood Kart Race on the August 4th to 6th long weekend when the championships will be decided. Cup Carts Canada is dedicated to Briggs 206 four cycle competition with a focus on quality racing and putting fun back into sport. To learn more, connect with Cup Carts Canada on Facebook. Hey there, my name is Dion Bobmoltko and I grew up karting and was fortunate enough to one day achieve my dream of becoming a professional race car driver. Looking back at my career, the most fun I had was in karting, but it was also one of the most challenging times in my career too. I often found myself craving expert guidance from someone who had been there before, that had done it and knew the right path forward, but it just wasn't available. And that's why I created Blaze Coaching. It's a platform designed to ensure every driver has the chance to learn from the best, from those who have faced the challenges and know what it takes to become a champion in our sport. Just imagine being coached by 
2023 Indy 500 winner Joseph Newgarden, or Indy 500 front wheel qualifier Spencer Pickett, or how about Acura factory driver Ricky Taylor? They're all here as coaches on Blaze, ready to help you along your path. It's designed to meet you where you are. So no matter what your experience level is, where you race, what you race, or what your goals are, your Blaze coach is there to help. Are you ready to unlock your potential? Visit blaze.io backslash carding today. That's B-L-A-Y-Z-E dot I-O backslash carding. Welcome back to This Week in Carding. It is June 5th, 2023. Episode 65 here with David Cole and Nate Dean. Again, uh, on the EKN Radio Network, providing you news and notes regarding the sport of carding. And now we're into our third segment of the episode where uh, we're talking about where are you carding? Uh, we have uh, a few events that are scheduled on the uh, the big calendar we have at EKN and uh, kind of looking at those events. And the first on the schedule is the WK Gold Cup program heading to the G&J Cartway in Camden, Ohio. Uh, the second event, Northwest Carding Association Padholder Super Cup Series. Uh, we'll be heading to the Puget Sound Car- Go-Kart Association facility, which is the Mountain Highway Raceway in Spanaway, Washington. Uh, also racing this weekend is north of the border. Canada goes north of the border, or sorry, Cup Carts North America goes north of the border for the opening round of the Canadian division at Carding Three Rivers in Quebec, Canada. And something unique, Nate, about all of these three facilities, the first two I talked about, Camden, Ohio, in Spanaway, Washington, the Mountain High, Highway Raceway, uh, they were built in the 1950s, and then Three Rivers is celebrating its 30th year in operation this year. So these are three very historic facilities uh, in our sport, again, which began in 1956. So G&J has been around here a long time, You know, only two years after the sport was invented, and along with the Puget Sound Go-Kart Association in 1959. The interesting note about G&J, Nate, it is a birthplace of WK, if you did not know that, or for those listening at home. Yeah, I saw that. So that's kind of cool for WK to be going back home to what you could say their spiritual home for that series. But like you said, some three really historic tracks that uh, the main series this weekend will be running. So that's really cool to see. Yeah, all very tight courses, not very wide, you know, not like we're used to, you know, we, t- we just we talked about that racetrack in Denmark. You know, I watched some of the highlights from that on social media and it's a wide racetrack. You know, that's something that a lot of racers today are very used to. They love the wide openness of racetracks. So where you're looking at G&J, the, the Spanaway Washington facility and Three Rivers, Carding Three Rivers in Quebec, these are all very tight, confined racetracks that teach you it's almost like the bristles there you know, i always call short tracks or tight racetracks that we have in our in our sport they're like the bristles of karting and i think uh it'll be interesting to see you know i love how these these facilities keep keep going you know that's the one thing that we have in our sport is a lot of history and it's great to see that uh, continuing with some of these you know whiteland we just talked about whiteland that's another one that's been around since the 50s as well too so uh, and that's gone all under major renovation. So, you know, as our sport continues to grow and continue on, I, you know, I wonder if we do see like expansion for some of these racetracks, you know, G and J 
is really sitting right there on on farmland you know it has plenty of if it has the opportunity to grow it's not like um uh you know certain racetracks that are kind of limited by their surroundings i know my racetrack near here east lansing cart track you know they have houses and apartment buildings around it they have no room to grow like that's the biggest they can be uh i think carting three rivers has the opportunity to maybe grow not sure about uh the puget sound that i think is also surrounded by a number of uh housing developments as well too so kind of like you know uh stockholm where you're at or newcastle they're kind of some of the tracks we have now today are kind of built out where nobody's at and i think that helps with kind of the noise situations and things but also provides you the opportunity to have enough space to to have room for development i think that's a big opportunity um that you know anybody building a new racetrack needs to look at is is the room for growth you know newcastle obviously all the all that land that that has there but like say um you know we were just i was just at speed sports you know they they kind of had their plot of land and that's it so they they really don't have any room to grow especially with them building around that facility with the food truck area domino's pizza gas station all right there kind of there the only thing next to it is the rv place or home. So it, it's kind of locked in and not going to be able to grow any more than what it is today. So that's kind of just an interesting tip point I wanted to make on uh, the three, two of the three events that are going on, but you know, 30, lot, lots of history in those three racetracks. So uh, with that, we'll head into our final commercial break and get into some of the stuff on the ECAN website and podcast radio network and more things after these commercials. Summertime means long sunny days, barbecues, and of course, racing. Combine all that together with an outdoor concert and you get Rock the Park. FDK Promotions and Andy Saisman are excited to head back to the Pat's Acres Racing Complex on July 14th to 16th for another special one-off event. The Canby, Oregon facility is welcoming back racers from all over the western half of North America to take part in a three-day karting festival dubbed Rock the Park. A full slate of classes, including 100cc divisions, Rock Shifter, in addition to a special KZ class, along with Tag Cadet in the new OKN category, will compete at this historic circuit. The action at Rock the Park kicks off on the Friday with a full day of practice, followed by a free concert for all attendees. Camping is available throughout the weekend to make it a great family vacation, where you can enjoy the river area and bench race after a great day on track. Learn more about the event by visiting challengecarding.com. It's time to rock the park. You can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market, but when you're carting to win, it boils down to one thing, you, the driver. Gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, and you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver Alan Rudolph, with decades of victories and championships in multiple forms of the sport, including other disciplines of racing. The Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area, is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. 
Classes at the Academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses, to their advanced one-day and two-day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. A new era in karting is ushering its way into the state of Ohio. The Ohio Sprint Series is the new name for the established Buckeye Karting Challenge program. The new ownership is set to take kart racing in the region to a new level. Categories for the new Ohio Sprint Series include new relationships with Tillotson and Race Rotax, which feature opportunities for racers to earn tickets to be part of each program's respective grand finals. Briggs and Stratton 206 Racing continues to be the foundation of the Ohio Sprint Series with its focus on grassroots racing, along with the popular IMB KA100 and mini engine platforms. Ohio Sprint Series action begins at the historic Thompson Kart Raceway on June 16th to 18th, located northeast of the Cleveland area. Round two at the highly anticipated Lorraine, Ohio Carplex, scheduled for August 18th to 20th, will be the first major event at the new River Park Motorplex facility, which is now under construction. This year's three-event program concludes at the renovated Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati on October 20th to 22nd. Be sure to follow Ohio Sprint Series on Facebook and Instagram for updates and details for each race weekend. Welcome back to the final segment here on This Week in Karting, episode 65. It is June 5th, 2023. Nate Dean joining me, David Cole, for our last segment of the show. We'll get into some ECAN editorial tidbits. Uh, we recorded our last show prior to the Indianapolis 500. Um, and after we recorded our show, we were able to, to promote or publish on that Friday the Indy 500 grid, Nate, or the Indy 500 grid, the karting version where Nate did an amazing job on some of the graphic or on all the graphics that we had, um, including the 11 rows and put on social media and everything like that. Got a lot of a great um, following and reshares and et cetera. And a lot of people just, you know, love seeing old racers. I actually found one. I think it was yesterday because we, Nate of, of the, of the photos we have, who do you think we need to update the, the most? Like with a oh. new photo. Uh, Tony, Tony, come on. Well, but that's, I, that, I, well, okay. I, but that's a true, like old school photo of him. Yeah. Right? So I'm thinking for me, it's Ryan Hunter Ray. Cause that photo we have of him is when he raced at the PRI show. And yeah, so it yeah. was kind of like, he was already IndyCar driver. It wasn't of him during like, I, I will power is another one. We don't have a photo yes. of will power during his, you know, youth days in the sport of karting you know we we've asked him multiple times and he has he hasn't uh, uh followed up on that request so i actually Not just found right. one i actually found one with ryan hunter ray so uh we'll be able to do so if he if he does indeed come back next year which could be a possibility i have that stored away so we'll hopefully be able to do that but 
So you think Tony Kanan, you think we need to update that or, or maybe do a well, different one of his older, because I, it looked like some of the same photos that a lot were in a lot of the uh, memorial or not memorial, but thank you video montages they had of him all week long during the 500. Yeah, maybe not an update, but just looking at it compared to the rest of the grid where like some of the newer guys like uh, Eilat or Lungard, it looks like they were just racing. It looks like it could have been taken a few weekends ago and then you get to Kanan and it's like, what well, the But Kanan's old. Thing? Yeah. And you you got to remember that was in the 80s. You want, we got, I mean, think about it. Like him and him, him and Elio used to race in the Brazilian kart tracks together. It's, it's an old school photo and really it was pre body work, but he had body work on it. Like, yeah, like, I think let me let me pull I'm going to pull out the Ryan Hunter A one I have hold on but I don't think he had body work because again that's one of the things is we didn't have, okay he did have the big nose on all right so he's got the G-man nose on um so let me let me let me quiz you on this which chassis brand do you think Ryan Hunter Ray was on in this photo I'll just I'll I'll narrow it down to you for you it's an American chassis brand I oh. And it's four cycle. Probably Margay then. It's not. I, uh, <laughs> I have no idea then. <laughs> it's it's actually an invader. So oh, gosh. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a Ryan. It's so funny because the side pod says Ryan Racing. It's you know, it's very you know what I mean, because that's how we were back in the in the day. Because this is nineteen ninety six, June of nineteen ninety no, I'm sorry, July. Of 1996, I believe it was racing at uh, Badger Cart Club in the uh, hmm. the Man Cup years. So, uh, yeah, so he was foresight racing in four cycle light. So he, that was one thing about Ryan Hunter Ray. That's why I don't like that photo of him at PRI because he was racing a, a Rotax there, right? Ryan Hunter yeah. Ray was a four cycle racer. Really, that's all he did in karting was four cycle racing that I recall of. Um, and and then got connected with Skip Barber and made his way up through the ranks that way. So. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited to try and do, we're going to try and do a better job of getting better photos or different photos for some of the ones that we've done repeats on. Um, I think we had a couple on, on Marco Andretti, new ones that we did on Marco Andretti and a couple other drivers, but I think like Will Power and a couple others are current photos. I want to see, I was trying to get a Joseph Newgarden Margay one. I couldn't, I cannot been, I've not been able to find that all the ones I have of him. Are uh, are him with the arrow along with Connor Daly on a Margay as well too. So uh, we'll we'll see if we can work on that for next year. <laughs> um, the one to watch uh, article series uh, we added a second edition of that, uh, kind of detailing the uh, the progression of Ethan Boer, uh, one of the uh, newer shifter cart drivers, just jumped on last year into shifter cart racing and really into his first full season this year. Uh, finishing third at the Challenge in America. So an opportunity to kind of learn more about Ethan Boer and how he's made his way up through the uh, GFC driver development program. Again, came in there as a K100 junior driver, now worked his way already up into the shifter cart ranks and uh, great to kind of detailed his progression through that. So uh, if you can get to the homepage and check that out. Uh, I also did a behind the laptop, taking the month of May off, uh, talking about how our national schedule is hectic. Uh, the first four months of the year, January, February, March, and April, were just busy, busy, busy. And now, you know, the month of May was an opportunity to kind of regroup and refresh. But it also provides an opportunity for the regional and local clubs to, to welcome 
the national racers or the national teams back. And I really, I really hope that's something we can do in the future. Nate, I know you were at the route 66 program. It kind of has that mixture of club people and regional rape, regional racers, and also some national racers coming back. Um, it, it, the month of May is busy. You know, a lot of, a lot of focus is on Indianapolis in terms of motorsports. Um, but I also think we need that break. You know, the, the schedule is just, as I detailed in the, in the column, you know, after May, we're going to be busy June, July, August, September, October, boom. And then, and then it's Vegas and then we only have December off. So I really hope we start looking at kind of the month of May as focusing back on regional and, and club races uh, and, and not having any major events through that month. I'm, I'm wondering what your take is on, on that. Yeah, I kind of like the breaks we have from national competition every once in a while, because I know there's going to be some families that I know one of who they'll be at a racetrack 34 weekends out of the year karting, which I mean, for a mini or a micro and junior drivers, you can start to get burnt out really easily by doing the same right. national stuff weekend and week out. So even if you're not taking a break, if you're just changing it up and going to a regional level or going back to your club, it's still a, enough of a change to keep it fresh and exciting for you and to keep a to just keep some of those drivers in the sport longer. Because I think that's something you see a lot is just the burnout of this. I don't want to do this anymore. So it's it's good to see that you have some of those breaks just sporadically throughout the calendar year like we kind of saw last last season in 2020 there wasn't a whole lot of stuff going on there we see it in may this year so that was a good little break from the national competitions yeah and again it allows you to refresh again you don't have to be you know going all out the entire month um it lets you go back home and as you said i i personally i think it's easier for you to race closer to home than it does you know traveling across the country because you can elect not to go race that, you know, you can say, you know what, we're not going to go to a club race. Um, you know, we got to do this or that. And, and, or yeah, maybe we'll just throw stuff in the trailer and go and have fun and hang out. And again, because again, that's what we're doing this for, you know, you, there, there's always, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, Joseph is a great example of it. There's a lot of money that goes into making you into an IndyCar driver a lot of money. And we've talked about this many times before, you know, myself and Rob in previous shows. And I think that that's a lot of, a lot of people still don't realize that you still have to have that support to take you to that next level. You could be a 20th driver in, in mini in junior and in senior, but if you have the funding, you can get to IndyCar. And I think that's the realization we have to continue to remind people of that what are you doing this for? Are you doing this for the fun of it? Or are you doing it to become the next IndyCar 500 champion? Well, if you are, there's a whole lot more work, not just on the racetrack that you have to do in order to get to that point, or at least try to get to that point. And, and so again, karting is what you make of it. And I, I continue to say that, and this is kind of, you know, again, a, a branch of that philosophy is what this column is. Because again, you don't have to burn yourself out trying to be that, trying to get to that next level yet. You really don't. Karting is, again, you just learn the, the basics of racing. And it's the best way to learn the basics of racing. Because when you get into some of these car racing programs, you're not going to get a lot of track time. 
there's and and then when you do get in the race it's hectic it's frantic and you get 20 laps <laughs> or you know how however many laps they are they really are and you're not going to learn a lot from that you're going to have to debrief and 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 take what you can and go to the next one and go to the next one and go to the next one we're carting you have multiple races in one day to where you can learn your racecraft. So again, I really hope people kind of, again, we keep trying to remind people there's a lot to it, a lot more to it to get to that next level than, than what you really think it, it It's not all about being the best you are in carding. It really isn't. Carding is again, what you make of it. If you want to be a national champion, beat you, you go for that. If you want to go to the next level, you can do that. But there's a lot more beyond that. So it's just it's a, it's kind of the frustrating part, I think, Nate, about motorsports is that you know it used to be, you know, you were scouted. It was you know it was no different than what we see in you know college sports where you're you're recruited to go to be part of this university's sports program. Where in motorsports, these motorsports owners used to recruit these drivers to be part of their team. It doesn't happen anymore because a lot of it is funded around money. And that's really kind of the sad part of our sport at this at this uh, this point in time, really, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, especially not in the U.S. I think in Europe, they do a bit of a better job with it. And the motorsports ladder is a bit more set up for them over there than it is in the u.s and maybe that's something just as an industry over here we need to do better on but yeah you still have to have the money over there you still have to have the right connections you still again because i mean that that's one of the things is connections that's that's a you know again there's there's so different so many different portions of becoming a professional race car driver you know connections is a big part of the pie you have to know the right people to get to the right people to be on a right team or to be close to a right team or to have pathway to the right team in order to, to, uh, to better yourself as a, as a motorsports driver. So, I mean, again, money, money is still involved, but, but I like how you're saying the ladder system is more defined over there in terms, especially open wheel racing. It's more, more defined to where here it's kind of <laughs> a little bit of a free for all, but now it's, it's kind of getting gotten back, you know, obviously with the road to Indy and now USF, pro championships, but you still have all these other programs. And even in sports car racing, you know, you have all these other, all a lot of different sports car racing um, that, you know, it, it, there's, there's not a direct path to IMSA, right? And, and would you say, cause you're a big IMSA guy. I mean, I mean, the only real way is if you want to follow that ladder system is the MX five cup. And even then there's not a ton of seats available there where it would be a kind of a big step that you're either going to straight from carding to Michelin pilot challenge or to the new VP challenge that they have for this year. So it's kind of, it's like, there is a step there, but it's like, it's missing a few rungs in most series. Yeah. I feel, I feel like there's a lot of steps. Like there's a step in this direction. There's a step in this direction. There's a step in this direction and there's a step in this direction, but there's not really that next elevated step, you know, or, or the next elevated step is all the same rung. And I, I, it's, it's kind of confusing. So we do, I, I really think that's where we're kind of lacking is, is an actual, uh, formation of a ladder to, to understand it better. I mean, and then no different in carding, you know, it's, it's sometimes confusing for new people to get involved with it because they don't understand the terminology of just the class names, you know, 
um, that that's a, that's a big hinder in our sport as well too. So again, just a lot of things to, to, to kind of debrief on that. So uh, we'll we'll kind of get off that subject and let let you think about that and get back to us on that. Um, and then recently we did our driver rankings, the, uh, the Skip Barber Racing School driver rankings for Shifter and Tag. Uh, no changes in the top three for either program. We have uh, Marnie Kremers, AJ Myers, and Hunter Pickett as the one, two, three in Shifter Cart rankings. And then in the tag, it's still Ryan Norberg uh, trailing or getting getting chased by Hayden Jones and Diego Ramos. But I got to expect. Uh, we're going to see some changes after this weekend um, at the Scusa Pro Tour Spring Nationals with uh, Joe Turney showing up in Utah, who just made his way into the top 10 in the rankings in tag. So uh, that could be an interesting change. And, and again, Ryan Norberg, he's got two wins from Utah last year. So if he doesn't replace him with wins this weekend, uh, that's going to change his point total significantly. So uh, that's Nate, that's going to going to be a story. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have our next rankings being released, uh, probably June 29th, June 30th. Um, so we'll have both the Scusa pro tour event this weekend and the United States pro cart series from Newcastle Motorsports park, uh, prior, just prior to uh, a release of the rankings. So a lot of things could change in, in both shifter and tag, uh, driver rankings. Yeah. And I mean, with Hayden switching teams he's struggled a little bit but he's starting to find his footing so that'll be an interesting story diego is with his teammate uh matthias morgado and burrell art and psl all them starting to figure out that long run pace a bit more of that burrell chassis so we could be seeing more of them up front like you said norberg's been struggling the past couple of race weekends really ever since newcastle usp cast we haven't seen the level of domination from Norberg. So he's going to be wanting to get back to his ways like he was at Utah last time out. And the shifter always up in the air. You always have such a competitive crop of shifter drivers here in the U S. So after Utah, this could get interesting in the rankings. Yeah. Especially last year when we saw uh, the fireworks between Myers and Kremers in Utah. So we'll see if uh, that gets ignited again in, (laughs) in the uh, salt flax of Utah. Uh, ECAN podcast review. Again, you can subscribe to our ECAN radio network podcasts anywhere you get yours, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, or other podcast outlets. Make sure you subscribe and give us a review. Uh, the last episode of This Week in Carding, episode 64 from May 24th, is available along with our audio version of the Face to Face episode 71 featuring Chris McCrone of the Ohio Sprint Series. That is also available for download. Well, later this week we'll have, or tomorrow we'll actually be recording the outlap for the Scusa Supercar or the Scusa Pro Tour Spring Nationals. So that'll be recorded tomorrow's and available uh, later this week, uh, and that'll be playing on our EKN Radio Network on Wednesday. Again, the only twenty-four hour, seven days a week channel dedicated to the sport of karting in the world. Uh, again, this episode of this week in karting will be playing on tuesday june what today uh, june 6 so that will be playing on the ekin radio network today we have excuse a pro tour live rewind and we'll have that as well on thursday before we get into coverage for the excuse pro tour spring nationals uh what's coming up on ecan again trackside june 9 through 11 excuse pro tour spring nationals as we just mentioned 
from the Utah Motorsports Campus in Erta, Utah. Uh, Rob Howden will be trackside providing the race call and providing some paddock uh, no, news and notes on Friday. Um, Nate Dean, you'll be at, at home covering the event from home, uh, providing the top 10 results, working with On Track Promotions, the official photographer of Supercarts USA. Um, I will be taking the weekend off due to a, uh, a family uh, event that we have going on. So thus, I will not be trackside for the event this weekend. So, Nate, as you said, I said, uh, A.J. Myers, Martin Kremers, we saw some fireworks last year. Uh, Ryan Norberg coming in with two victories last year. See if he can defend that. Um, what other what other stories? Joe Turney, obviously, coming over. I think Sodi, Kart, or Sodi Racing USA is going to bring uh, Harley Keeble over as well. So we have a number of drivers that are going to be competitive in the X30 uh division junior you got you gotta you gotta say probably ernesto rivera is probably the story to watch is he going to continue his dominance there i think that's another uh key story going into the weekend yeah i was gonna say just the rpg speed they they've had in both x30 and ka competition in the junior category has been immense this season so it'll be interesting to see if some other teams could possibly dethrone them at utah i was gonna say the uh, mini and micro battles that we've been seeing it's kind of gone under the radar but it's just so many different drivers have been competitive throughout all the different series throughout this season so it's always a bit of a toss-up when it comes to predict the predicting the podiums for those guys so that could be an interesting one to watch yeah, the winners in the mini division were Kai Johnson and Tristan Murphy. So those two picking up their first career, I believe their first career, uh, Scusa Pro Tour victories. Um, but the driver we've seen win at United States Pro Kart Series and Lucas Palacio, uh, he ended up you know, not having a good weekend in Orlando for the Scusa Pro Tour event. So he's actually sitting back in 11th in the championship chase. Uh, but he just picked up, I believe, another victory at uh, the Stars Championship Series event this past weekend in Newcastle. Uh, you know, again, two-time winner in the United States Pro Kart Series, leading that championship. You got you got to think guys are going to be on him throughout Utah uh, going into this weekend. And then the micro division, again, yeah, you said a number of different drivers uh, winning in that program as well, too, at the uh, the Scusa Winter Nationals. It was Juan Gar- Garciara. Vela and Maxwell Macha, who I think he, I think Maxwell actually just doubled up at the Sunshine, uh, Sunshine State Karting Challenge in Anderson. So uh, he's coming in with momentum and the championship lead. So we'll we'll have more on that and those those stories in our Outlap podcast. So make sure you download that later this week. And then again later this month, we'll be heading to the United States Pro Kart Series. Uh, at the Newcastle Motorsports Park in Newcastle, Indiana on June 23rd through the 25th. That'll be the midway point of that championship event, and it should be an exciting weekend as, again, June in Newcastle tells me it's going to be hot. (laughs) Would you agree, Nate? Yeah, it's in Newcastle. It's either freezing cold or hot. There's no real in-between. So if we're going in June, I'll put my money on hot. Yeah, they lost. It was so hot this weekend. They lost power. They literally lost yeah. power. Uh, talked to Mike Adams. He said it reminded him of a, of the uh, summer nationals we had a few years back, where it happened. The same thing happened. So, uh, so make sure uh, at the end of June, everybody has their uh, uh, generators ready to go in case we need the backup power to run things. So, with that, Nate, any uh, other final words or comments uh, on any of the topics we hit today? 
it's finally the summer months. It's kicking off. Ready for it. <laughs> you ready to get suntan, right? <laughs> yeah, not burned, tanned. Tan. I am going to get burned. I know it, but we'll try our best. There you go. All right. Well, yeah, I'm excited to see the summer months come. Uh, we got a lot of racing to cover and a lot of events to head to uh, and excited to get into the month of June for the sport of karting. So for Nate Dean, I'm David Cole. Thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we'll see you later.